You're amateur at best. Anyone who describes themselves as a professional podcaster. Um, Be careful what you say, because it will end up as the stinger if you say it. <clears throat> Never mind. <laughs> no. I'm going to let them sleep in dogs lie. The first aeon, I was the great spirit. In the second aeon, men knew me as the horned god. Pangenitor, panthage. In the third aeon, I was the dark one, the devil. In the fourth aeon, men knew me not, for I am the hidden one. In the fifth aeon, I appear before you as Baphomet, the god before all gods who shall endure to the end of the earth. In this new aeon, I appear to you as C-M-N. Imagine that there is a brilliant white light just above is commentary on the magic art in the year of the primate birth. Oh, that was very educational. Now magic will take place. Don't be fooled by what I just said. This is CMN. Welcome everyone. Welcome, welcome. I am Sextus Empiricus Kennedy, and this is Chaos Magic News. The only news podcast that can't account for its whereabouts on November 22nd of 1963. As always, I'm joined by my amphibious co-host, Extra Large Nemo. Hey Nemo, how's it going? Uh, I'm sleepy. Well, that's a great thing to tell the listeners. Why are you sleepy? You know, I honestly, I don't, I don't have a bit. I was just, I was trying to think of something that was Slumberland, Nemo, whatever, but, uh, I I got nothing. Yeah. This was a very, very, very (laughs) bad start. (laughs) Actually, I have no clue what Slumberland is. I'd never even heard of it until you mentioned it right before we went on. You said it's Finding Nemo? Uh, (laughs) No, it's. It's um, it's a very loose remake of the Little Nemo thing, which was a comic strip from way back when, and then it had an animated movie. Oh, but it's about a it's about a kid who has adventures in a a dreamland. Okay, that's yeah. kind of cool. Is it magical? Mm-hmm. It's. <sighs> Can you find a paradigm in there? I, you probably could if you really wanted to. I, it's no dream quest of unknown Kadath, but whatever. That'd be pretty cool. Could could you, cause you know, did you see about those like, um, little Howard Lovecraft fucking movies? I don't even know if those things are real. I just saw like a billion DVD covers. Mm, mm, Yeah. Where it's like cutesy child Lovecraft. Right, yeah, but that would be cool. You could do like a Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath that was like a little Charles, little Charlie Dexter Ward. I feel like we're gonna have to do a 
pregame episode, like the road to relay or something where we just get all this Lovecraft nonsense out of our system so we can get that episode out. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel for the listeners who don't actually know anything about HP Lovecraft. They're just sitting here confused. Oh, they're talking about Cthulhu again. Fucking Christ. I don't care. He's got an octopus head. It's like, I don't even know what this shit is. Mm-hmm. You know what you should have said when you said I'm sleepy? What? I'm because I'm full of the Thanksgiving feast. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just Thanksgiving for all of us Americans. So, right. And it How also, was your Thanksgiving. I mean, it was a Thanksgiving. It was weird. Mm. We, I, I got exposed to COVID. So I really just spent mine in isolation with my beloved. That's great. I spent mine around like financial advisor assistants and their families and other random people I didn't know that well. They drank my beer. It was very unfortunate. Uh, that sounds tragic. Yeah. Yeah. They drank your they drank your alcohol. I mean, only only because like I had decided that I was going to buy all the beer for me and my homie that was there so we could drink. And I planned like, all right, it'll be enough beer for me and one other person. But then like 16 people were there and they were all drinking. So oh. it, it was uh, it was not oh. enough beer. We solved that problem fairly quickly, but you know, it was also like right, looking at all right. these people that make way more money than I do and had the, the whole week off. And had the nerve to drink your alcohol. Yeah, I'm salty. I'm salty. Hey, ex- excuse me, Mr. Goldman Sachs. You could have brought your own six pack. Right. But Thanksgiving leads us into what our opening topic's going to be, right? Yeah, we were going to. And I think this might have been expired by uh, the dumb tweet that got put out where it was. Don't let the secular holiday of Thanksgiving distract you. The feast of D.B. Cooper is nigh. <laughs> but there is that that notion of there are holidays that are secular, and then there are holidays that are spiritual. And granted, there's there's crossover. I mean, Christmas is arguably a spiritual holiday that has become so secularized that most people don't really care. It's about getting it's about getting that remote control car I really want. And if I don't get it, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a fit. Well I'd Just argue that virtually every holiday in the States has been thoroughly secularized at this point. You know, Easter well, is not particularly about any of its uh Christian no, it's origins about it's about getting paganism. it's about getting me that big it's about getting me that big Cadbury egg. And if I don't get it, oh boy, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw a fit. <laughs> swear to God. That's, what over. Ho- that's the, that's the real secret of holidays at this point in time. It's just an excuse for you to be really mad that you didn't get the thing that you wanted and you never get what you really want for any of the holidays. Cause what you want I mean, yeah. is spiritual fulfillment, right? <laughs> You better hand over that enlightenment right now, or <laughs> guess what? I'm going to throw a fit, Buddha. <laughs> I'm going to be kicking and screaming all up and down this Dharma center. 
<laughs> I want the Satori now or I'm going to lay down in the aisle at Kmart. <laughs> well, it even goes back to the episode with Ricky where we talked about none of us really pay any attention to Halloween as a, a spooky woo-woo time because it's just kids and candy and carving pumpkins, which is, don't get me wrong, it's fun, you know, but it's a, it's a secular festivity. Arguably, it's probably the biggest challenge to try and maintain some sort of spiritual connection to most of the holidays that are recognized as holidays. Oh, yeah. I mean, when when less known or not widely celebrated feast days or whatever come along, it's very easy to sort of get your get your dander up and be like, all right, I'm celebrating. I don't care if no one else realizes it's the feast of St. Crispin, but I'm going to I'm going to do it to the nines. Right. But then, of course, you have the added benefit of, you know, oh, well, I have to go to work. So that's going to put a damper on the affair. Well, I mean, there are also people that have to work on Christmas anyway. Oh, yeah. 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 I've been there. I mean, 10, 10, 20 years ago, I feel like the number of people that had to work on these major holidays was probably a lot smaller. But now, I mean, most of these holidays are celebrations of the slightly middle to upper class who get the days off while the working class and particularly the people in the service industry are like, who the fuck cares? Right. All Thanksgiving means is that I, I don't go into work until four o'clock instead of three o'clock. Well, also because we're so, you know, uh, back to what I said, give me that remote control car or I'm going to throw a fit. Now it's so many people are, okay, well, Thanksgiving dinner's at two o'clock. We'll be done eating by five o'clock, which is good because I have to go down to the the already started Black Friday sales and do my job. Hopefully I don't get trampled. Right. And then the the middle class who does get the day off gets to drag themselves out after filling their gullets and be like, well, and buy time shit. to stand. Yeah. Time to stand in line so I can get uh, Johnny his giant fucking TV. Because he broke his last one throwing his uh, controller at the screen when his Minecraft server went down. I told him, I told him no swearing on my Christian Minecraft server, but they didn't listen. <laughs> and and we're making a very, very cynical sort of view of it, but there's enough truth in there to to really get at what we're driving at that a lot of the holidays that we're now celebrating by and large are pre pre-approved con- excessive consumption periods i guess is the way of putting it right it is times that we are all agree that we're going to spend more money than we already normally do right we'll spend more money we'll eat more food and if you yeah, don't and if you don't do those things you're like a you're a scrooge yeah you're a humbug you're you're being the party pooper here on everybody else's fun because you didn't want to go along with the rest of it. Just let people enjoy things. I want to buy $75,000 worth of Lego from Jeff Bezos. Yeah. 
Well, it's also, it's not enough that, it's not enough that, it's not enough of let people enjoy things. It's why aren't you enjoying it? You know? And most of you are probably going, oh, well, I would never demand anyone celebrate anything. But like, next, next you know what? In a couple of weeks, tell your family you're not celebrating Christmas. You're not getting anybody anything. You're not going to come see them. You're not doing this, that, and the other, and watch them lose their minds. Oh, right. Yeah. Case, case in point. Case in point. Yeah. Well, for our listeners who are decidedly of the magic and spiritual variety, if not both, what can they do to try and reinvigorate a spiritual sort of um, atmosphere to their holidays? Well, with some of them like Thanksgiving, there's not really a, there's no spiritual bedrock for Thanksgiving. So, well, right. You know, yeah. Who, We're not trying to make Memorial shit. day. So, you know, into a spiritual holiday. I feel like Memorial day might work because it's a day honoring the dead. Well, that's, okay, yeah, you're right. You that's know. actually, that's better than Thanksgiving. But we're not going to make... It's better than thanks, yeah. I was about to say we're not going to make Arbor Day a spiritual holiday, but actually I feel like that's pretty Again, easy Again, easy one. Nature, that's a nature, nature worship day. Well, fuck. What, what, what secular holiday doesn't have anything besides, thanks, besides Thanksgiving? I mean, Valentine's Day? Or, you're kidding, right? I mean... Do, do you know the origin of the holiday? Yeah, uh, the Valentinian heresy. Yeah. See, that's a great one. <laughs> don't agree with don't agree with that. <laughs> but no, um, by and large, most of these you you could find some sort of I mean, I guess like President's Day, right? How how are you gonna enchant President's Day? But the the point being that if you are say Christmas comes around in a couple weeks like it's going to, I feel like most of us are probably gonna be busy with family and this, that, and the other. Most of us aren't even gonna be thinking in spiritual, magic-y, spooky woo-woo terms. But there is something to be said about carving out maybe a half hour that day and doing something, you know, you could, if you're, if you're going in that sort of pagan heathen sort of thing, there's a lot of Yule Saturnalia type observances that you could probably do. If you're, even if you're going on the Christian route, there's, you know, there's tons of actual spirit, you know, go, I find going to midnight mass Christmas Eve is a really powerful spiritual experience for me personally. And I don't regularly go to any kind of church, but going to a midnight mass is, and even maybe part of it is just because you're exhausted. But <laughs> I think there's something highly beneficial to doing that sort of carving time out and saying, this is. This isn't about me spending money. This isn't about me putting Die Hard on the TV. This isn't about the remote control car that if I don't get, I, I, what, I got, I, this is not even an ongoing bit. I'm telling you, if I don't get this remote control car, <laughs> it's going to be bad. All right. But there, there's something to be said about 
demanding that time of, of yourself or, or even in another way of looking at it as like the gods or the whatever demand this time of me that, you know, the re- the other 23 hours of the day can be dedicated to whatever the worldly nonsense that I've got going on, but I'm going to give this bit of time. I always find myself celebrating my major spiritual things for the Christmas season, as it were, around solstice. Christmas itself Again, always... That's a- yeah, I mean, it's it's the easy workaround, I guess, because I feel like Christmas for most people ends up being far too much of a communal family. A lot of affair. us have. And unless you're around people. A lot of that, us have too many social. Well, right. Yeah. A lot of us have too many social obligations and it just makes it impossible to celebrate in any sort of meaningful spiritual sense unless you're around people that are also on the same kick. And yeah, if you've got a whole community of spooky woo-woos that are your buddies and you're all going to come over and do that. I mean, and even then it's kind of hard because, you know, you get five spooky woo-woo people in a room together and ask them what they're about. They're not, you know, very rarely are you all going to be on the same page. But either way, most of us aren't dealing with the the members of the coven. They're dealing with, Aunt Gertrude. Right. You know? And 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 cousin Timmy who didn't get his uh G.I. Joe action figure in his Yeah, and they and these people all think you're going to hell. So like there's they're definitely not gonna be <laughs> part of your celebration, you know? <laughs> yeah. They're sanctimonious over there. What uh, is what is that's a that's a six point star? Are you Jewish <laughs> now? No, wait, it's all one it's all one line. What is that? <laughs> oh man well we've given ourselves our time to look down our noses with other people i guess didn't we i i I don't think there's anything that judgy than acknowledging the fact that most of us are under tremendous social pressures even during these ideas of like leisure periods you know you might even if you are the one of the fortunates who gets time away from your job during these times most of us are still dealing with family we're dealing with loved ones we're dealing with the loved ones family we're dealing with friends or other this that and the other people who want your time and that's not a bad thing but it makes it hard to it makes it hard to focus on your individual spiritual workings and path that, you know, it might be the winter solstice and this is supposed to be a great, oh, the sun's returning soul invictus type thing, but you're probably for the most part, you're not going to have time for it. So maybe we're better off waiting for the day of St. Crispin and being like, all right, this is my day. I suppose there's not much of a good answer of how to deal with the secularization of the holidays other than to accept that these holidays have been secularized for the most part and refuse to engage in them if that's how you feel. Yeah, you can always choose not to play, but, you know, Mama's probably going to be mad. Oh, right. And I don't even mean... And you're definitely not getting that remote control truck. (laughs) (laughs) I just mean don't 
don't force yourself to feel like this is supposed to be a big special holiday so you don't end up messing yourself up a little bit when it inevitably fails to live up to any sort of grander meaning than an excuse for you to go see your family. And I mean, hey, oh, yeah, 100%. you know, I'm not going to lie and say that seeing your family can't be an incredibly um, moving experience in a way, especially me who doesn't live around their family anymore. But also there's a lot of um, there's good and there's bad in that, too. I was God reminded knows. of the Ram Dass quote the other day where it was, if you really think you're enlightened and there's light shooting out all around you and you're not even touching the floor, go spend 15 minutes with your family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So hell, maybe, maybe that's the, maybe that's the secret spiritual, uh, goal of Christmas. It's, it's not a, it's not a, an, an attainment. It's a battle. <laughs> You have to keep keep your zen. <laughs> it's it's all a test to keep you humble so you don't go around thinking you're the fucking next spiritual master. Because you're like, well, fuck. Mom said something about my bangs and now I'm fucking pissed off. To <laughs> say these Wall Street bankers are drinking my beer and I haven't <laughs> kicked the shit out of them yet. Man, I, I'm getting pretty good at this. I was 100% on that kick. Except I also did turn to my buddy and say, they're drinking my beer. What are we going to do? In the most desperate voice I could manage. (laughs) All right. Well, in that case, is it time for the most beloved segment of CMN? What's in the What is in the news indeed? What is in the news indeed? Oh, we have breaking news. What have you got for us? We have breaking Breaking. news. Yeah. Defiant protests erupt across China. Demonstrations are breaking out across the country in an unprecedented challenge to Xi Jinping's zero COVID policy. Wow. Hmm. Protests are erupting across China, including at universities in Shanghai, where hundreds chanted, Step down, Xi Jinping. Step down, Communist Party. In an unprecedented show of defiance against the country's stringent and increasingly costly zero-COVID policy. A deadly fire in an apartment block in the country's far western region of Jiang that killed 10 people and injured 9 on Thursday appears to have fueled the anger as video emerged that seemed to suggest lockdown measures delayed firefighters from reaching the victims. Mm. Well then. That's a heavy one. Uh, Is it too late to get Gordon White on here? (laughs) Don't worry. We'll have Gordon on eventually. It's all about time. I think that this was inevitable. Part of why part of why the Western world had to start reneging on this was because they knew this would be the outcome. And given China's rather authoritarian presence in its government to begin with, I mean, like I said, they weren't, it's not like something like this wasn't going to happen eventually. Whether it actually causes anything is an entirely different story. In fact, the fact that Western media is so quickly presenting it is probably more of a testament to Western media's need to criticize China and make them appear like the bad guys in every situation. That was going to be my counterpoint where it's like, yes, 
I, do I have any doubt in my mind that the zero, zero tolerance COVID policy that China has is probably at this point more trouble than it's worth? Yeah, I'm prob it probably is. Do I have any doubt in my mind that Western media is going to hop on any any chance to make it look like there is a widespread uprising against the Communist Party in China? Absolutely. They have a vested interest in making China look crazy and authoritarian and all um, totalitarian, whatever. I don't, I, I'm not even sure how to articulate it probably, but they, they want it to look like it's 1984 over there. And meanwhile, you know, you want to, you want to see how great America handles protests? You know, think of last <laughs> summer. Was that last summer or was it you the know? summer before? It's every summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like, for real, that's a I cynical mean, you, understatement. Like, we're, yeah, you're going to try to tell me that China's the China's the fucking bad guys and it's like no, we're it, it's always the same thing is that there's far I have far more in common with the average schmuck in China than I do with anybody claiming uh governance of me as an American. Well, I mean that's yeah, that's what it always comes back to. It's that it's not that there's good guys and bad guys, it's just that there's the state and the state is almost uniformly always a terrible institution that's only there because there's not another option. And there's many options within what a state is, and some of them are better than others, maybe. But I, overall, it's just it's, my, they're built the on only the point I'm making is I'm sure there are things that I would find the Chinese government doing that is absolutely abhorrent, but maybe you should remove the branch from your eye before pointing out the twig in someone else's. And Western media is always about that, as painting our enemies, in quotes, as horrible, cartoonish villains while simultaneously committing human rights atrocities every single day. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's it, it it's just the way it is. And also, you know, the the I, I will also make the concession that zero tolerance COVID policy probably ruffled some fucking feathers. Oh it's, yeah. It's probably not tenable at this point. And I'm saying that as someone who just lost his Thanksgiving because, you know, I, I wanted to do the smart thing and not expose other people to COVID. Let's see what else we have here. U.S. citizen accused of killing 25-year-old North Carolina woman while vacationing in Mexico. Oh, that's fucked. Mm. Can, hold on. Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. U.S. citizen accused of killing 25-year-old North Carolina woman while vacationing in Mexico. So they were both vacationing and then he murdered her? or I suppose. I don't know. What the heck? Did did they think they were going to get away with it because it was in Mexico? I I suppose so. An arrest warrant has been issued in Mexico for a woman suspected of fatally assaulting a friend from North Carolina while on vacation last month. Oh, so two ladies go on vacation to Mexico and she murders her friend. And then it's like, what happens in Mexico stays in Mexico, baby. <laughs> That's so fucked. 
there's probably going to be some very bizarre motivation. Either that or they were just like fucked up and she did something stupid. It happens all the time, I'm sure. Accidental deaths very often get turned into murders because someone wants to cover it up afterwards. Oh, right, right. Or or even, you know, it could be a crime of passion where you were fucked up and somebody really got under your skin and you acted wild for a second. Yep, and then you came to and just dipped. And then you realized, oh, shit, I just killed Mary. Yeah. Not good. Um, oh, jeez. I don't really have... I, I, I don't know if I've got anything magical to add to that other than, like... Did you the did you think the imaginary line on the map was going to protect you from the legal system or? <laughs> yeah, I the only magical thing I have was maybe it was a ritual. <laughs> Took her down to sacrifice her. <laughs> did it happen at one of the pyramids or? Oh no! It, <laughs> if that's a... what happened, then you know now we're now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Glowing fungus makes for surreal neon scene along dark Washington beaches. There's your parrot Glowing headline. Glowing fungus? Yeah. Oh, that is definitely like parrot with the earpiece headline. But yeah, uh, glowing fungus along. A, I mean, bioluminescence is not a unheard of phenomena at this point. It's probably looks pretty cool. You know, it definitely makes me want to go to one of these beaches if that's what you're talking about. But I'm looking at it like, right now. Yeah, know. it it looks it looks like exactly what you would expect. It's like gl- glowing green fungus. I mean, that's that's pretty dope, but it's not much of a headline. No. That's a shame. Last week with last week you were really on point with headlines and now we're back to <clears throat> glowy fungus. Can I can I eat it? <laughs> Will it do things for me? Will I get big like Super Mario or what? Oh. I think that there's not much really there. The only thing I can say is that if you can find a way to cultivate glowing fungus, you can definitely sell that shit to a cultist. Oh yeah. Now that's, that's true. If you could get, if if you could get a, a, a particularly steady way that somebody could grow these, you know, a cult is going to eat that shit up. What, what spooky woo woo person doesn't want like just weird glowy fungus in their bedroom. Could you imagine like making like a magic circle on the ground out of that shit? That'd be some, Bad oh, well, I'm just shit. thinking like, uh, you know, like, uh, like for example, I've got like fairy lights that go along the, the, the length of my ceiling. And I'm just thinking, ah, I could imagine the money I'll save on electricity when I replace it with glowing fungus. I can't take up a weapon. So I create how Ukraine's artists are taking on Putin's Russia. Uh, what's that Kurt Vonnegut quote where it was all of our, all of the efforts of every artist and writer and musician was focused straight like a laser on the, against the Vietnam war. And we found out that this, our combined strength was about as powerful as a cream pie being dropped from a six foot ladder. Right. That's, um, that's why I read this headline. Cause I wanted to just lay out there the opinion of does art really affect the world in that kind of way. Um, now here's the thing, because I am a colonial being and I have a great many people inside me that have different opinions. I, I will say that 
I am a firm believer in the power of art to change the world and to specifically change people, you know? You experience a piece of art and it does something to you. I I would like to think that the pen is mightier than the sword, that there there are ways that you can use your creative energies to to combat things like this. I just think that at the same time, when what you're battling is the grinding hell wheel of the military industrial complex and let's face it, resource pillaging, you're going to have a hard time fighting it with your watercolors, you know? Right. I think, I think art in the modern age does not have the effect of how we viewed art historically, if that makes sense. Even, Mm, even mm. in earlier, because everything's become commodified. Right, right. Everything is a, it's why, it's why so many people latch on to mass media for social messages now because it's become the only the only thing that reaches enough people to have such a grasp and to bring about actual change as it were but of course the problem being that mass media will never give you a a message that is meaningful because they're they're motivated by profit oh man like black panther right killmonger Killmonger's totally right, <laughs> but they can't do, they can't tell you that <laughs> they can't tell you the guy that wants to start this huge conflict is right. So they got to, you know, but I mean that I'm being a little flippant about it, but you're, you know, that's what you're talking about is that you'll never get a, you'll never get the sort of radical message that you need from these large corporate entities because They've got a vested interest in things being fine. <laughs> yeah, what was that movie that came out? The South Korean one? The one about... Parasite. The, yeah, Parasite. Like, in a, in a way, that is supposed to be a very radical statement against capitalism. Specifically, how it has become hyper-accelerated in South Korea. But even mm-hmm. so, it's not it's not a particularly radical message and for the same reason of why we, what we were talking about last time when we were talking about the election, how we all see the actual problems and the failures of all these institutions. And then we still actively have to engage in them. Right. Yeah. No one, no one thinks the government actually represents their interests, but we all vote still. Right. And it's the same way that everyone thinks capitalism is, flawed or a failure depending on who you want to talk to but either way you know like you said everyone from a crazed fascist to a good old-fashioned marxist to well-meaning liberals will tell you that capitalism is ridiculously failing at what its goals are hell even you know your basic conservative will tell you that it's wrong and that it's you know oh like you know, you know, again, like Tucker Carlson will sit there and rant about Amazon being a terrible fucking thing. Well, he doesn't believe in anything. 
well, yeah, but you know what I. But, but we'll, the we point can leave, I'm getting we can at leave it, that alone. Well, right, but the point being yeah. that there's all of these ideas that we all think represent some sort of radical stance, but they don't. They're just the. They're almost the defeatist opinion of people that can see the axe coming at them and do nothing to stop it. Oh yeah, I mean, because we'll, we'll, we can all agree on these things. It's just when we get to and this specifics. is what I said last time. It's what your what your answer to that problem is that defines you, and that's when everybody starts hating each other. Because when you say that the answer is a dictatorship of the proletariat, or the answer is to cede all power to the state and let the the grand leader make all of the decisions because he's a strong man right or, or if whether it's the mutual answer, aid or the answer forces yeah, outside mutual of these aid or if it's just we need to or it's just taxation is theft so don't let the government do anything you know it's like these are all answers that will start fucking fist bites you know right these are, these are at least when they start will when they get start, to policy levels yeah, yeah, they will start real, real heated discussions. And, uh, you know, I'm very comfortable saying things like fascism or right, you know, point blank, terrible. But, you know, the rest of it, there, there is some room for nuance and discussion. But there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of fighting that can go on in between those. Um, but the point being that as far as art, I I am the eternal optimist where I like to think that things like stories and things like art and things like things, music, you know, things that are creative ventures that try to get, try to tap into something that is at the same time much more, much greater than man and much at the same time much more primal things that really tap into the source of whatever we are or whatever our experience is. I like to think that these things are powerful and can really do a lot to change the world. But then there's also the cynic in me that thinks that like, well, the motherfucker with the gun usually gets to decide where the food's going. Right. And it's, it's I think I don't know, it's art a, it's in relation one. to magic is sort of the problem that I come back to. Because magic, for a lot of people, is an art, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like magic succumbs to much of the same faults that art has to reckon with in the face of creating I would, global change. Well, or even national change. I agree change. entirely. I agree entirely. I think on another level, at least, because this started about Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. I think the Ukrainian artist still probably has a better shot at causing some change than the fucking Knights of Chaos do. Right. At least people pay attention to the artist. At least the artist got an article. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Frontier Airlines drops its customer service line. I think that's magic as fuck. Just drops it entirely. Yeah. No more customer service. Nothing. That's an incredibly magical idea right there. If you can't tell us, if we are entirely responsible, if you if can't tell us anything's wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If we're the ones who are held responsible for causing, you know, problems and having to reckon with them. And we're also the only people that are actually taking these calls. 
we are well within our power to just stop doing it entirely. They've got to have some sort of, uh, they have to have some sort of like substitute, right? <laughs> they can't just be like, if this is the business equivalent of plugging your ears and going, la, 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 no, nothing's wrong. I mean, their, their, their bottom line is going to take some hits. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh yeah. They still have, they have a chat bot, a live chat that's available 24 seven. It's social media channels and even WhatsApp. So you can't still get a hold of them, mm. but they're just not having a phone line anymore. And it was a cost cutting measure. That's because Zoomers don't want to call anyone anyway. Yeah. But, you know, the boomers are going to be mean, furious. They're going to be like, I, I don't know what a chat bot is. None of them can fly anymore anyway. What? Is there a boomer no fly list? <laughs> Cause they have boom in the name. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I was going to make some kind of joke about like COVID or maybe the radiation exposure that you get when you're in a plane or something like that. I don't know, but I, I kind of lost it the minute that I, uh, whatever. They're all going to die. How about that? <laughs> You're not able to fly after you get like immediately after a hip replacement. So, <laughs> oh, um, I guess we could make the argument that there is something to be said about uh, finding those innovative shortcuts where it's like, well, most people are not trying to call us anymore, so they they'd much rather send us a text. So let's give them what they want. And then I guess there, like you said, there's something kind of funny in the idea of reinforcing the reality you want by cutting out all of the opinions you don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, normally it's from a normally that's magic- taken as a very negative, but well, yeah, I mean, it's a negative because we have a, a, a sort of ethical ideal of not closing yourself off in a bubble of your own opinion, but from a chaos magic perspective, that's almost what you're trying to do when you enter a certain paradigm, right? If you if you're entering a if you're entering a ancient paradigm and you're really trying to believe every aspect of it, you're not going to sit there reading science today all the time, are you? That's going to give you a ton of shit that completely conflicts with your ideas. You're like, "No, the world is flat. The sun rotates around it." And it's Helios, the god of the sun. You know, I would, I would really love to see how that particular method worked out for someone. If someone was like, "I've no, no, I've never tried to live in like a flat Earth or paradigm." Oh no, 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 I thought you meant the technique. Okay, no, 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 I meant like here's the problem. We can talk about belief as a tool, but there's this certain baseline that I think we're all operating on that somebody I feel like somebody would be very hard pressed if you wanted to prove that you could manipulate your particular reality tunnels however you wanted that would really be a a, a hard one to to convince yourself the earth's flat now granted at the same time there's people that do it all the time on un, almost unintentionally and then they end up on YouTube talking about you know, the, the Garden of Eden is at the center of the 
at the center of Antarctica and you got a number two pencil (laughs) that they taught how to spell, you know, they taught you spells with your bullshit number two pencil. Yeah. 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 They, they, every time you see him, you say, hell, Oh, and they ask about your (laughs) hell elf. Oh, I'm trying to remember what that's called because there's a shorthand for it. It's like blood over will or some shit like that or blood over intent where it was like it was because I, I, I found it just wanting to gawk at flat earthers because I'm a, I'm a douche. And then I was like, oh, no, you guys are spooky woo woo cult people. This is even crazier. But that's a that's a story for another time, I think. Well, in, in back to what you were talking about of the sort of baseline we all operate at, that is exactly what I'm talking about when I rant about Heideggerian worlds and the the background mm-hmm. that we operate from. Yeah, you're you're there's certain things you're gonna have a hard time shaking, and it's arguable if it's even possible. Yeah, I think you I think a, it would be harder to make myself stop operating from the sort of subject object ontology we all have that I can um, consciously and philosophically rail against, but it's still how I operate just because I am a modern. It'd be harder for me to shake damn myself. Cartesians. Up. Yep. Damn Cartesians. It's harder for me yeah, to shake yeah. that than it would be to make myself a flat earther. I think, I think I could make myself a flat earther. Do we want to take this bet? I mean, We'll have an episode next week, right? How goes the work? Well, the earth is flat. And if you, you know, trust there's me, an I, ice wall around us. <laughs> you can't go to the edge of the earth. That's where the dragons are. <laughs> NASA is hiding the dragons. Do we got time for one more? You think? Can always do one more. Okay. Actually, I have two more because one, we won't talk about that much. I just want to bring it up and say, how America's unique violence continues. Is it really that unique? I mean, it's uh, <laughs> not every country runs around with, you know, massive shootings every couple of weeks. Yeah, because they don't have all the guns. If you give say, everyone like, the guns, like, it's, it's not a unique. If you let them have the guns, they're going to shoot them. <laughs> if you give a person a gun, He's going to ask for some if bullets. Give... And if he asks for some bullets, <laughs> he'll want somewhere to shoot. He's going to ask for the, yeah, he's going <laughs> to ask where's the nightclub. <laughs> oh God. Oh. That's so fucked up. Yeah, it is. Nobody wants to do anything about it. I mean, there's a, well, you know what? In fact, I'll just because we've said enough controversial shit this episode, I'll go ahead and say my other one. There's a continued, push for gun control and by that i mean there is a cultural idea of pushing for gun control and it's one that never translates into any aspect of political action just like there's a continual cultural push for health care and it never translates into actual political action in any kind of way and that is the problem of the modern left the modern left has all sorts of ideas about how things could be better. And they don't actually have any way of doing anything about this. And do with that what you will. And a lot of them are people that are more or less comfortable where they're at. 
they're they're advocating these things on behalf of people that they look down on as like the poor working class and this that and the other um well yeah and then so, there's uh, and then there's they people have no, like they, us they don't are, have yeah they don't these are people that don't have a real motivation to make the world better they want to feel good so then they don't do anything and then there's there are there's people like us i guess well, I mean, there's there's plenty hypocrites. Of <laughs> I mean, I just saying there's plenty of people I know that are very working class and very, very much leftist of different elks, but they are all in the same boat as well because they have nothing they can actually do. A lot of them, I feel, are not even people that are as aware as you and I are, which is shocking. I know because we're fucking oblivious, but, you know, stand for fucking Nancy Pelosi and joe biden and shit and aoc and they're they're convinced that voting will actually do something yeah yeah so at <sighs> any rate the last headline last will headline. go yeah this will be a nice little palate cleanser that gets us off the political kick brain experiment with a microphone <laughs> look at this dog he's got a bow tie where'd he get that <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Don't even read the headline. Are you kidding? <laughs> Nothing's going to be funnier than that. <laughs> Brain experiment suggests that consciousness relies on quantum entanglement. Sure, whatever made up bullshit you want. <laughs> I was, Go thank for you. it. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, I mean, call Peter Carroll up because he's, he's probably going to love that shit. But it's like, I don't uh, think that we are any closer to really getting how the brain works because mostly we get articles like that every couple of months saying random fucking shit. The frontal lobe might be a consciousness field that extends through a wormhole. Like you literally get articles like that all the fucking time. And not, you know what it really means? <laughs> Who the fuck cares? Like I, it means I came, you know I makes, saw a new, I no. it means that I saw a new <laughs> word in science today. And then I thought, what if I do that with a brain? Well, the only thing I can say is that consciousness seems to operate in that I eat a burrito and I say, damn, that could have used some hot sauce. Consciousness operates in a way. <laughs> Consciousness operates in I eat a burrito and then I get gassy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Oh boy, we have really scraped the bottom of the barrel. Uh, that is the. <laughs> that is the best joke we've had oh, on this oh, show yet. Well, no, no, no. I can top that. You said it. Though, it functions off of quantum what? Uh, quantum entanglement. Entangle this dick. Oh, I love it. <laughs> all right. So on next section, next segment. Uh, all right. So this week we had a handful of random ideas and we didn't feel like any of them were actually going to result in a full ending segment. So we ha kind of have a bit of a scattershot for you where you have like five different things we're going to talk about a little bit and then we'll do the wrap up. Yep, yep, yep. The first thing I wanted to talk about wasn't something I ran by you. It'll be a real quick one, but I saw this and I have to talk about it. Peyton Manning, you know, uh, he's, he's a footballer. 
or was a footballer rather. You know Peyton Manning. He's in the the State Farm commercials and some shit. Hello? Crickets. Oh god. Okay, I'm sorry, go I'll, on. No, no I, I know I'll what you're talking about. put the cricket about. sound effect in there, actually. Gonna... Anyway, so Peyton has a TV show or something of that effect. For real? Right, yeah, and it's like, I don't know what the fuck he does on it. I don't really give a shit about that. I only care I don't, about I don't sports watch, ball when there's money on it. I don't really watch it. TV anymore, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's, there's something magic related in this episode that he did. Because Peyton Manning attempted to break a curse. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm are, are you aware of the curse well, of Bobby Lane? No. So Bobby Lane was a player for the Detroit Lions and famously cursed the Lions to 50 years of bad luck after the organization traded him one season after his last championship. I could imagine being salty. Uh, do we have any insight into the methods that Bobby Lane used? I don't know. All I know is that the, he <laughs> said, I know Lane was quoted as saying, I tried what they referred to as a hex. I tried what they referred to as a hex. Yeah. Bobby Lane. So, hexed like the he, Detroit lions. That's pretty fucking so, dope. Wait, wait, wait. That means that he like, <laughs> he had to ask somebody. He had to do some research, something Bobby Lane actually like, it's like, man, I'm going to get these motherfuckers. <laughs> I that's love it. fucking awesome. Especially if you know how fucking successful that shit actually was. Cause the lions have sucked forever <laughs> hold on hold on forgive me i have to put a face to this because i don't know what bobby lane looks like he looks like your classic all-american <laughs> oh boy uh oh well oh i i oh well what? hang on hang on this is um um so their their coach resigned right beforehand and called the lions the worst team i've seen in a training camp and then basically lane got arrested for drunk driving right before the start of the season he was apparently driving on the wrong side of the road that was part of the hex with with five passengers <laughs> and the car had the headlights off he reportedly kept poking yeah, this... the officer who pulled him over in the shoulder forcing the hand of the patrolman who in those days, might have given a famous quarterback a police escort home instead of a mugshot. What do you mean back in those days? <laughs> I mean, well, this is this is definitely this this is far be, this is far before like consistent reporting, much less like body cam. <laughs> he probably could have killed <laughs> one of those people and been like, you know, Lane, you did pretty good on that. You did pretty good last season. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna follow you home. All right. <laughs> So anyway, we don't have any information. We don't, we don't have any information on what Lane did for the hex, obviously. But what supposedly was done was Peyton found a curse-breaking method on, um, online somewhere. Classic chaos magic move. But he did the even better chaos magic move because the, it called for water and rock salt. And Peyton replaced the water with beer because that's what bobby would have wanted apparently uh i was about to say considering the dui this sounds very effective 
Well, I mean, and they apparently won for a little bit after this, but then they they got trounced. Uh, or no, they didn't get trounced. They they apparently won for a little bit, but they they fucked up on Thanksgiving. Apparently, they had it and they managed to fuck it up in like the last twenty seconds or something. Well, I mean, the the breaking the curse can't do all the work. If you're a bad team, you're still a bad team. Right. Okay. Well, what do you replace the rock salt with? <laughs> Meth. <laughs> I broke I broke this curse with a six pack of Miller and some shard. Uh I'm starting to think that this wasn't even a curse breaking. This was just getting so high that you thought you broke the curse. <laughs> this is a this is just a bender. Uh and ESPN paid for it. Woohoo! So anyway, that's our one that's our first quick segment. So the other thing we wanted to talk about in a more serious note was tarot. Is this like a lightning round? Should we have like a ding ding going on every time we finish one of these sections? Yeah, that's what we'll do. Ding ding. So, all right, now we're going to talk about tarot. So, tarot from my understanding it sucks. of ding it, ding. <laughs> tarot, it sucks. Ding. Oh, no, but I think tarot is something that doesn't get because everyone does tarot like every pretty much you'd be hard pressed to find people that are spooky woo -woo types that don't have at least some knowledge of tarot or at least some experience with it. Yeah. I, but, but I, I don't think tarot gets enough credit for being such a huge part of chaos magic in a way, because think about it. Tarot was a fucking game. First off, anyone that tells you that tarot didn't start out as a game is a moron and they're lying to you. Historically, tarot was just a fucking card game that somewhere in the, what was it? The 14th century? I should have pulled this up before he started talking about it. Ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 14th century. Um, it, 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 somewhere shortly after they were, cor- playing cards were common and put around, cardomancy becomes a thing and tarot becomes a big thing after a little while and it quickly gets built into something way bigger than it was i don't have the name of the fellow but um some you know like bobby lane yeah bobby lane some but you know how it is some freaking aristocrat writing about that sort of shit just comes up with the whole idea that um hieroglyphs from Egypt are what inspired the tarot and that's where everyone telling you that tarot it comes from ancient Egypt and shit like that that's where they get it from is is that also the rationale for Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> is that why Yu-Gi-Oh also comes from ancient Egypt is it we'll 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 touch on that another time but i've got some great spreads if you want to know your future using the the five pieces of exodia <laughs> so at any rate oh no i pulled the blue eyes white dragon in your future <laughs> uh you it's know someone's bad. made no, a, but you know someone has made a Yu-Gi-Oh tarot deck oh absolutely right i mean th- someone's probably made a tarot deck using Yu-Gi-Oh cards but ultimately nearly every magic tradition magical order, magical anything, nine times out of 10, they're going to claim a lineage that is not historically accurate. 
They're going to normally claim to be a lot older than they actually are and probably back to somewhere like Egypt for a very long time was the hotbed of like everything went back to Egypt. And then when people actually figured out how to start reading hieroglyphics, Egypt became a little less mysterious. Um, Crowley made the claim of the recreating of the Sumerian tradition. And the Egyptian tradition. Which is another... Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Berdio claimed to go back to Atlantis because, you know, no no one's going to be able to call you on it. (laughs) Didn't Berdio also claim, like, that he had, like, a some initiation from some guy who doesn't exist. I don't know, man. I think Bertio is like a sweet old man who's just doing his paintings and occasionally writing a book. And he's got some useful stuff. He's got some really, really far out there stuff. Well, no, I and, love Bertio and I don't even care if he made it up. Like, I don't care yeah. about that, but I just, so I don't, for some reason I remember, I don't want to call like him some, an outright liar. Well, I mean, of course it's entirely possible that like, this person just doesn't have any record of existing. That's entirely possible. I guess at the same time, you know, uh, a la teachings of Don Juan or Christian Rosencrantz, there's benefits of a fictitious founding, uh, founding teacher or, or guru, but there's, there's oh, loads right, of, of course, you know, of course, but back to tarot, um, as far as it's historical inauthenticity, Tarot has dominated the occult world for long, long time. Why do you think that is? Mm, I think one, just timing. I think two, the theatrics. I mean, there's a reason that tarot is more common than runes, and it's because tarot cards have a whole host of dramatic imagery and words and ideas. And runes have a symbol, you know? Right. They're, they're arguably just as effective. Well, and, and tarot has tarot has permeated the popular culture as well. That's true. That's true. Um, I think also the, the work of Kabbalists to turn tarot from not just a divinatory system, but a a roadmap of different levels of spiritual attainment and the, the pathways, as it were. I think that probably cemented a lot of it because the Western tradition going back to the Golden Dawn, for example, is very, it's so firmly rooted to the point that you know, Jack Parsons has the quote about the the tarot being so much deeper than when the the rich the rich aristocrat meets the meets the, the or the the rich debutante meets the tall dark gentleman. It's so much deeper and more spiritually significant than all of that. And then meanwhile, it's like this was a card game. I know there's instances of people doing cardamancy with like regular playing cards that are it's it's almost the same it's just minus the trumps and a couple other things right that actually goes into the other thing i wanted to talk about like how do you feel about oracle but oh i i I love oracle decks i uh i'm a i'm a big fan 
I've because I knew we were going to be talking about tarot. I've got all of my decks laid out right now, and I've got what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've got nine decks, and then my rune set sitting on top. Oh, nice. So, uh, and only sadly, only two of these are quote unquote oracle decks. I've and. The one that I always tell myself I need to get is the 40 Servants because I'm, I'm super familiar with it and I've been using it digitally forever now, but I just don't have a physical copy and I really should because it's great, you know? Oh, yeah. Shout um, out to Tommy Kelly. Yeah, my favorite one as far as Oracle non-Tarot decks go is the Archeo by uh, Nick Bantock, which it deals with a lot of sort of... It's, it's archetypes. But uh, Bantock even makes uh, a distinction that these are not Jungian, or at the very least, it's more than Jungian. But I, I just find it a very effective and interesting deck, and the art is just amazing. Um, as far as the tarot decks, I've honestly taken to collecting what I feel like is the silliest, goofiest looking tarot decks i've got a couple of them that came from like dollar stores at this point there's one that came from a spirit halloween um there's one that i recently got from my beloved that uh (laughs) is a, a very a real treasure to me it is the miss cleo tarot power deck and i i am i am absolutely thrilled with this thing namely because a a friend of mine has this same deck that they found in a thrift store, I believe back in the in like the nineties, early two thousands, and they made it sound like such a rarity. And I had mentioned it in passing to her. And, you know, uh, she's not a spooky woo-woo person, but apparently she's better at magic than I am because she just found this shit <laughs> immediately. <laughs> it just it was just in my hand before I knew it. What I want to ask you now is, as a chaos magician, how does tarot fit in your practice anyway? Like, what do you, do you have a, a model of how it works, or is it just sort of like doing it and seeing what the results are? Oh, oh and my follow-up uh, well, question to that is, do you feel like you get better results when you're using something serious, or do those goofy-ass decks work just as well? Uh, well, my, my, my model for it, for how it works... It really depends. I have a couple that I could say work on it. I think the, and I've described this phenomenon before too, that a lot of the times the explanation I offer really just depends on who I'm talking to because you can only really tell somebody what they're ready or willing to hear. Mm-hmm. So it's like, does it, does it really matter what I think? You know, who cares? Yeah. Um, The easiest explanation is just that humans can take abstract in abstract images and information and ideas and extrapolate them out. You know, you could, you can find the, you can find whatever meaning to your random problem in looking at the ripples in the water. If you were to, well, if you were to stare long enough and put enough of yourself into it, you know, oh, hey, so the tarot, hey, that's, um, that's very Jungian. Cause I'm um, in man and his symbols. Young has that story about, um, um, the train the train ride right yeah some with the russian the the russian signs or whatever yeah yeah guy doesn't for those of you guys don't know it's someone 
who didn't speak Russian was riding on a train in Russia and just looking at all the signs, completely unable to speak the language and supposedly found some deeper hidden psychological insight into themselves by looking at the symbols. And I suppose they were projecting onto them or some explanation like that. I don't know. It's about that. It's, it's about free association. And uh, strangely enough, Jung even tries to break away from that where he thinks like, no, free association can't be the answer. Like that's probably useful, but that isn't. And that's how he gets into the archetype thing. But there's, there's a lot to it, I guess. And I don't want to derail it. Cause I just, I like young. I don't have too much to say about him most of the time. You know, people that are really into young or really into young, they don't need my endorsement of him. Uh, I, I personally don't buy into a lot of what he says, but the point being that that is a very simple explanation for tarot. You could even go into like, well, if the universe is predetermined, then it doesn't matter what I do. Every card that I draw was determined to happen. So somehow through the predeterminedness of that card, I can figure out something about the predetermined future. There, you know, there's one. Uh, there's another one. Then there's the idea of like, well, you know, the using this symbol system, I can, I can uh, reach a certain state of uh of gnosis that will open my mind up to divinatory processes that I'm not normally aware of. You know, there's loads of explanations. I just whatever you find useful. I always love to say in the middle when I'm if I'm in the middle of a tarot reading, I like to stop what I'm doing and say, "Hey, just hey, just just a quick reminder. These are pretty pictures on cardboard and they have no bearing on your life. You should do whatever the hell you want. You're free to do anything." You know, um, as for the second question, uh, I don't know. I definitely, at one point, I only had these goofy, like some goofy hokey tarot decks and I felt like I couldn't actually get anything useful out of them. I, uh, yeah. oh hell, I'll, I'll go to the, I, I can actually talk young again, even though I said I was going to get off of it. Uh, Robert Johnson, who was a, a Jungian of great prominence, his book Inner Work is amazing. If you are going to go down that Jung route, he has a story about working with a client who had a dream journal that was a notebook with like Mickey Mouse on the cover. Uh, and it was just sort of like a, yeah. Mickey Mouse doesn't have a yeah. fucking soul. <laughs> and uh they were just struggling session after session and he says listen I, I hate to be like this but i feel like we're not going to make any progress until you get rid of that mickey mouse notebook and that always stuck with me because and then oh the the follow-up is that she gets like a a journal or a a, a diary that is worthy quote-unquote or or sort of respectful of what the process really is rather than just sort of like the 75 cent Mickey mouse notebook you got at the dollar store and then things start going better. But to me, there is an interesting idea of approaching what you're working with in a way that is respectful rather than, you know, uh, rather than, Using the the plastic Harry Potter Halloween store wand, using something that maybe <laughs> has some respect for the craft, I guess. Well, I always think about that. Um, in fact, hang on. 
ding ding because we're on to the next topic yeah so i always think about i don't remember who the hell it was someone that was someone of note in chaos magic talking about the talking about the wild days of chaos magic and how they saw this ritual because aladdin had just come out that involved getting the Jafar light up wand thing from some toy store and then doing a ritual with it. Right. And they basically talked about how it was just really freaking stupid, but they did it anyway. And I don't remember if they said they got results or anything, but, but it's just demonstrative of the sort of wild and kooky, ridiculous stuff that people were doing with chaos magic. And I still think there is a, a level of that, the problem being that we've sort of gotten away from that in the effort to look cool online and the other side of things being, Oh no, 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 no. Look at, look at everybody. Look at everybody that like claims they're doing magic through like their meme page. eh, Same stuff. It's just taken on different forms. Well, I, I, I think that people that are doing meme page magic, that is cool in our modern age or that is cool in the contemporary age being a mean page admin has a self-deprecating sort of you know a slap to it but it's in the way that we think that everything that is cool is sort of cringe but the point i'm getting at the point i'm getting at is and even things like things that were really considered super goofy in the in the earlier days like invoking superman as a sun god now have a certain amount of respect for them. And I'm not going to talk about my problem with superheroes and superhero movies and all that bullshit because we'll be here forever. But bro, you seen black Panther? Oh God. Like Killmonger <laughs> was totally right. <random. laughs> no, but the, the, what we wrote this down in the notes was as clownery. So, and what we mean by that is doing things that are, ridiculous and even you think they're kind of fucking silly stupid and silly yeah in order to make magic happen well and i the way i want to start this really is what's the goofiest thing you ever tried like magically what was the thing that when you were oh, doing man. it you're like what the fuck am i doing this is so stupid i don't know that's a that's a tough one uh god uh i don't know <sighs> I don't know if this is really that silly, but there was a point where the the Tom O'Bedlam character from the Invisibles basically wouldn't leave me alone. Where he was just showing up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like there was some sort of one initiatory thing that he was supposed to be showing me because in the in the Invisibles, he's he's the initiator. But, and then on the other thing is that he is this archetype of sort of rough and tumble, scraping and surviving on the mean streets sort of thing. So I ended up getting a, I ended up finding on like the roadside and bargaining for it. I got a steamer trunk that I knew there was something in it. I hadn't looked in it, but as part of the bargaining process, I had basically just smack the lock shut knowing that, well, I think they're going to, I bet they'd rather sell me the steamer trunk with just whatever in it to get rid of it 
than to try to hassle with it to get this thing unlocked because they acknowledged that there was no key. But then the problem is, is that I had to learn to lockpick to get the thing open. Oh, nice. Um, and this, so basically it, it may be not grand magic ritual, like hokiness in my rollerblades or anything, but because of a comic book character making his presence known through various sort of weird synchronistic things, I basically tried to pull a fast one on some people that were selling stuff on the roadside and then had to learn how to lockpick. And then when I opened it, it was full of the most bizarre fucking shit in the world where it was like, among other things, about four or five various statues of frogs meditating and not like all the same, not like part of a series of home decor or something, but like clearly somebody had a thing for meditating frogs. And, and you are personally very attached to frogs now. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just that kind of thing sticks with you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. well, and then funny, the other thing I guess is you could, you could talk about, uh, uh, Keck, right. The, you know, the, the sort of Egyptian frog God or the, we're you know, the not going to talk about Keck. Okay. okay fine. <laughs> no, we can't. But I'm just the, just the, well, just, I, I guess if nothing else, the idea of like, ha ha funny frog. You know, I guess maybe that it felt a bit like there was some yucks being thrown either at me or with me when I opened that thing. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I can see that. The the goofiest thing I can think of off the top of my head, because I know I've done goofy, like invoking fucking whatever as, you know, an archetype or some bullshit, because I did plenty of that. I, that's part of where my hatred for superhero magic comes from now, just from doing it and being like, this is really dumb. Even when I got results, I still felt like it was really dumb. And then the, the popular attitude of superheroes just gets fucking bleh. Anyway, but the, the goofiest thing I can think of off the top of my head was I would, I, one time out of boredom, I was offering readings to random people online and I made the joke that um, I will give you either a tarot pull, I will give you an I Ching throw, or I will give you a sandwich reading because I had a big old <laughs> Jersey Mike sub with me. And some person asked for the sandwich reading. So I opened up the sandwich and I looked at it. And then I gave them a reading based on how I viewed the inside of the sandwich. And they're like, well, damn, that's actually kind of accurate to my situation. Which on the one hand is just like, well, yeah, because fucking tarot reading and all that kind of shit can be vague enough that it makes it apply to any situation. But that inspired me to later come up with the idea of giving random readings. And all that would turn into is someone would ask a question and I would find something completely fucking random to give them a reading with. This ended up being Mm. like random map generators, random number generators opening random documents that I had on my phone and highlighting certain text, pulling a random Grabbing a word. book off the shelf. Yeah, getting a book off the shelf, um, turning the television Busting to a random channel. Busting open a can channel. of raviolis. Right, exactly. Like, just whatever the most random thing I could think of at the moment that would give someone some sort of insight. And I made the comment that I was not going to interpret it for them. I was just going to tell them what the mm. thing was. And oh. I was completely shocked by the amount of people that found that helpful. Mm, mm. I mean, legitimately a overwhelming it's very number signal, of people. It's very signal in the noise, right? Right, right. 
Well, I can say for my experience, I've used uh, flipping through random radio channels at a very high rate to uh, to hear divinatory quote unquote messages, and I've gotten stuff out of it. I mean, it's it's probably much more of a testament of the human brain's ability to assemble unrelated information into something intelligible. But you know, if it works, it works. If it works, it works. And with that. Ding, ding. And with a very quick aside on this one, because I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about this, but in an effort to find something to yak about for this episode, I went on academia.edu and I just searched magic and it's, you know, 1,135 pages, just all sorts of shit. And most of it's exactly what you would expect, but I noticed a really weird trend that I feel like we have to talk about. So I want to give you this first title. article. Yeah. I tried a, I tried what they call a hex <laughs> by Bobby Lane, by Bobby Lane. Yeah. Um, no, but first we have the psychology of magic and the magic of psychology. And then after that, we have the art of magic and the magic of art. And then after that, we have the magic of neuroscience and the neuroscience of magic. Why do we have so many people thinking this is a clever headline? The unoriginality. <laughs> <laughs> the unoriginality of magic and the magic of unoriginality. Oh, boy. I'm going to write that article. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we have infinite velocity, infinite magic. Right. And it's just, it's weird. It's just weird that that's like a constant thing. The other trend that I see all over the place is blank, whatever the actual catchy title of it is. And then future studies of magic should be grounded in neuroscience towards a understanding of cognitive oh towards a cognitive understanding of magic um what the hell is the other one i had because there's one more towards a scientifically valid concept of magic why are people so interested in trying to come up with some sort of other basis for magic you think like because they're dumb yeah that's the ultimate answer it's like why why do you want to make magic grounded in neuroscience because you think you either a think that you can disprove magic by using neuroscience or you think that you can prove magic with neuroscience both of which are stupid the only thing i'll really say is that i have no interest in finding a scientific validation for spooky nonsense i'm not going to tell anybody not to but i don't i don't i don't need it (laughs) i stand firmly in the camp that you fucking can't yeah yeah. You know, um, my opinions of science aside, but I definitely don't think you're going to be able to fucking prove magic with it. So fuck that noise. It's a waste of everyone's time. I've I've done my arguing with materialists. I've done my arguing with people as a materialist. It's just not it's like I don't I don't have I don't put that much stock in other people's opinion of what I do to care. I just don't. I don't think the world is going to be a better place if we all get on the boat boat of like magic is real and everybody should do it. Nor do I think the world's going to be a better place if everybody were just to get on the materialist scientific bend. I just don't think that it matters that much. I know what I do. I know what I think. And I've just never had any real benefits from trying to come up with scientific models to explain how certain things work. I mean, there was the morphogenic field thing that Sheldrick had, but that's just sort of a neat idea. And there's, there's maybe there's the, the holographic universe, which is again, 
kind of a neat idea. No, it's not. These are. I. No, okay. it's not. It's not a good all right, idea. All right. It's Matrix bullshit, and I'm tired I, of it. I said, I said, neat idea, not good idea. You probably think it's that like the, oh, AI making sigil magic's a neat idea too. I think it's people going off into fantasy land and having dumb ideas. Well, okay, you're right. I, I'm I, no, 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 now. I should fine. just no, let people fine. enjoy you, stuff. If you want to, I mean, I, I, I have nothing good to say about like AI generated art or like them making you know, them using it to make sigils and stuff. I just don't think it's a good idea, but that's not the point. My, the, the point is, is that I, I personally don't need it. I'm not looking for it, but I do think there's probably a benefit to at least somebody who is striving to, to push the limits of the scientific method to see if they can prove this sort of thing. Well, and if they ended up if they if they end up disappointed, disenchanted and say, oh, magic isn't real, then oh, bum. I mean, it's not going to stop me from doing what I do. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm being a maybe little... they'll maybe they'll find maybe they'll find something neat. Maybe they'll find something useful and then we'll all be able to go. Ha ha material. Because honestly, here's I, I think that is part of the motivation. I think a lot of spooky woo woo people, a lot of witches and warlocks and everyone else would really like to have like just maybe one or two things you could shove at a materialist during an argument and being like, explain this dick. Explain this, Randy. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up yours, Randy. <laughs> Explain this. Where's my million dollars? But I'm gonna raise James Randy from the dead with necromancy and then get my money. That's my plan. <laughs> well, I I think I I um I don't know. I mean, the guy's dead. I don't want to talk too much shit about him. But you know, there was. You know what? It's a bit like the helpline thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Randy gets to Randy says that psychic powers don't exist and if you can prove it to him he'll give you a million dollars now he's got a million dollars worth of motivation to never believe that shit <laughs> <laughs> he's got a million right? dollars worth of motivation to not take anyone that could really do it seriously and just ignore them yeah yeah yep. all right Better well bring on the crazies that I can easily disprove <laughs> All right, well, ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. You um, were at a, a Books a Million earlier, I heard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Had to get the not Black Friday consumption going on. Yep. Well, you found something that was worthy of the show. I, I always like to go and look in bookstores and see what they have for an occult section, where sometimes it'll be like, body, mind, spirit, spiritual growth. It's usually next to the self-help and the philosophy. So it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because you'll see like Alan Watts, this is it, or, uh, or something like that. And then it'll be Meditations like 100... by Aurelius. Oh, yeah, Meditations by Aurelius. It's and in every like philosophy 1001 section. spells. Oh, nice. Yeah. But um, another thing is that there's usually... In the magazine sections, if they do have magazines, you'll find one or two like weird, you know, sort of spooky whatevers. And one that I've been reading off and on whenever I, I don't subscribe to it, but whenever I end up running into like a books a million or something, I see if there's another issue. It's just called Witches and Pagans. And it's mostly because I'm enamored with the idea that there's still like printed magazines 
and ones in that general? would cater to witches and <laughs> at pagans. all. But one that especially that would cater to witches and to 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 magic in general. And um it's it's honestly not bad. I don't want to just like shit on this like it's a rag or anything. I'm honestly more amazed like man, it's got to be a lot of fucking work to keep this keep the lights on here. You know? I mean, you could Like how many copies can you possibly be selling, you know? You should just talk to me then. We run an we run an occult outlet and it is incredibly hard keeping the lights on. We ain't got a Patreon or nothing. Well, yeah, I mean, but we're we're not doing this to make money. I'm assuming that this is I, I for, was. This is a business. Well, I mean, you You're an idiot. That's what you get for it's thinking, very, right? It's 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 very gauche to say that you want to make money on the thing that is supposed to be making you money. So uh, maybe just <laughs> maybe edit that. Just out. be humble. Yeah. Well, the cover article for this particular issue is charismatic, enigmatic Carnunus, which I'm still not a hundred percent convinced is how you pronounce that. But I mean, I sure. agree entirely. I won't. I'll pull back the curtain for the listeners. We spent five minutes trying to figure out how to say it before we read this segment. Yeah, and it's it's actually pretty decent. Where it it examines this particular figure, where it's he gets a lot of lip service in modern paganism, but there's not a whole lot of historical documentation to him. So it well, this that's Celtic isn't even reconstruction a, a, for you. Oh, well, yeah, there's that. There's definitely that. And just the fact that it's witches and pagans kind of tells you what wheelhouse this is in. Right. But it's I, I do find it incredibly interesting that there are people that are still trying their damnedest to to publish physical print media. And there's there's art in here. There's poetry. There's there's much to be appreciated. Honestly, I think it's cool. I, I really do. I, uh, but that wasn't it, what I it, asked it, you for. What you're asking me for is where's the where's the slop? Where's the trash? Yeah, what's the worst thing that's in there? Oh man. Uh, well, give me just a sec. The worst thing is probably the sheer amount of advertisements, but that's capital. You gotta uh, keep the lights look. on let over at Witches and Pagan somehow. Yep, yep, yep. Do you need a minute to actually find something? Oh man, I can think of, I can look at one and tell you, but it's like, I just, do you feel bad talking down to these people and talking shit? No, it's just like, uh, there's one that I want to talk about, but I just like, I feel like we're going to be dicks. (laughs) That was the point. (laughs) The parentheses, white elephant in the room, race and identity in fairy lore. Oh my god. I will god. say having watched multiple of the little Disney Tinkerbell movies, they're not all white. <laughs> there are fairies of color in all of those movies. <laughs> oh man. And if I could remember anyone's name but Tinkerbell, maybe I could tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> um Maybe we shouldn't talk about that. We've gone enough on the political end of these things, and we won't come up with anything good magically out of that. All we're going to say is bad things about people just trying to do the right thing. I don't fucking know. Who cares? 
I guess there's a reason why we shouldn't just shit on people all the time, but holy fuck. That's awful. We don't have anything good to say anything about you. Oh, here's another one. Sec- here, funny, because I just said Tinkerbell. Here's our synchronicity. Second star to the right. Traveling between the worlds. What could that mean? It's not going to be like shifting where you end up in the Tinkerbell universe, is it? Oh, my God, it is. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Whenever your center of consciousness is shifted to be consciously aware and active in other planes of reality, you are engaging in soul travel. <laughs> oh, God, why? The first time I heard someone say the phrase between the worlds, it was part of a declaration made after the creation of sacred space for a ritual. It was an announcement that we had traveled to a place where the conditions of time and space were different. Hmm, there's a thought about, we're talking about secular versus sacred. Oh, right. The notion of stepping into sacred time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on Charles Taylor. I'll go for a long time. I don't think that's what they're going for, but... Definitely not. Uh, Ritual work is a form of travel, although this component is often overlooked as it is subtle and generally not the primary objective of the effort. My experiences in ritual set the groundwork for my understanding of the soul travel methods that I have experienced or observed. Whenever your center... Okay, that's what the actual opening quote is. It is easy to label some experiences as soul travel that aren't. Looking up at the moon in the sky is not the same as going to the moon and touching its surface. Is that a metaphor, or are they saying, like, the remote travel... The I would put the fucking Benny Hill music over the middle of me reading that, and I would cut to about here <laughs> and say that while I think that I could probably find articles in there or go through the couple other issues that I have of this and point at stuff to laugh at, I will say that ultimately I do think it's really neat that there are these printed media still trying their best to go out. I mean, it's got to be rough, even if that's like a bi-monthly or a monthly or even like a quarterly. It's hard to get that kind of stuff, getting contributors out, trying to make sure people are getting paid, trying to make sure that you make, you're covering, just covering your cost has got to be a huge deal. So props to those people for putting their money where their mouth is trying to. Yeah, and if any of our listeners you know, are interested in, you know, some uh, witchy paganry, some, uh, you know, some uh, light occult reading, maybe is what I would call it. Then, you know, go get you mm-hmm. a copy of Witches and Pagans. It does make me think about the idea of like zines, particularly digital zines that, you know, maybe there's a CMN zine in the future. Oh, wow. Just don't charge $15 for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a subtle jab to people we hate. Awesome. All right, well, ding, ding. I think that just about wraps it up unless you want to go on with wizard interviews. Uh, you know what? We'll do, we'll do, we'll we'll do like one question. We'll jump back into that next time. Oh, okay. One question? Yeah, Yeah, we'll do one question. No, 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 I can, I can do one question. So we're going to make this one a ongoing series just because we thought it was fun last time. This is uh, Peter Carroll's interview with a wizard. 
and we were answering questions last time. So we're going to go do one question to sort of end the round here. Yeah, I'm going to go to the completely next interview. The question I found was, have you ever used magic to do any superhuman physical feats? The short version of Carol's answer is, well, I don't think I've ever done anything that broke an Olympic record, but I did get away with doing a lot of really absurdly dangerous things. Maybe that's the idea. He did magic to sort of keep himself from like breaking his legs when he jumped off a building or something crazy like that. He also said that he would see poltergeist effects and like things going around the room when he got really angry about certain things. Oh, that's some straight up fucking LARPer shit. Uh, you don't when I get that? Well, no, I just mean like that's some shit that you would hear from a LARPer, right? You know, when I get real angry, my eyes turn red and the bookshelves rattle. Okay. Well, what about you? You ever done magic to do anything like uh, absurdly uh, uh, absurd in the idea of uh, it sort of flies in the face of conventional reality? Um, not anything super impressive. I've used intense amounts of meditation and focus to deal with pain, like stuff that would, you know, the, 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 the stereotypical, like walking on hot coals type shit. Like I put my hand on a fucking, um, burner of a stove once and with this express intention of, Let's see if I'm good enough to keep myself from being burned with some mind over matter shit. And I did it, but that's about it. Mm. Oh, the problem okay. with that being that I don't think that would ever be useful in any situation. That's only useful for me to be like, hey, guys, check out how well I can do this shit. And more than likely yeah. in any situation where I was trying to impress somebody with it, I wouldn't be able to maintain the focus required. And I burn the fuck out of my hand and they'd be like, you need to go to a hospital because <laughs> you are not a fucking Buddhist monk. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of I, if I've ever done anything magic-y on that end. Uh, I, I know, I know one time I did magic to basically keep myself focused and alert and awake when I'd, I, to stay up where I, I was basically awake for like three days. But the, the problem with that is that I've also just stayed awake for three days raw dogging it. So like, I don't know if that, I wouldn't call that superhuman either. It's just not fun. Yeah. I mean, people can stay up for three days. I don't remember what the limit of like how long you can stay up before you just fucking die is. Yeah. I don't think I've done anything that, and maybe that goes back to that sort of Heideggerian background and backdrop of like, there's just certain things we all kind of know that like, you know, you, you're not going to do magic to fly. Well, right. It's the throw a fireball thing. Like you're, you're not going to throw a fireball, yeah, my yeah. dude. I'm sorry. Yeah. If anyone out there knows how to throw a fireball with magic, please contact us. We would like to interview you and possibly join your cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me the robes. But uh, maybe that's more of a maybe that's a, a a subtle jab of like, hey, you should try more crazy stuff. You never know. Maybe it'll work. Maybe you will get to throw the fireball. Or maybe you'll break your fucking legs. <laughs> and with that, we're on yeah. to our palate cleanser question. How, How goes, goes the work? work? Do you want to go first? Um, I'm getting very goofy with it. I'll tell you that much. 
not to get into oh, yeah. what I'm doing, but I have a sticker of a mermaid that I found that I put on a piece of paper in an effort to call up a certain type of spirit. So that's my clownery for the moment. I won't, I won't discuss what I'm doing with it because I have to keep silent about certain things, obviously, but I have a little mermaid sticker on my altar now, and it's uh, doing very interesting things, very interesting things. The other thing that I've been looking into is I've done a lot of um, body work as of late because it's something I neglect a lot. Always good. Yeah, always good. Yeah. It's something I've neglected for a while. So I've been doing a lot of breathing and a lot of various relaxations and focus. Um, If anyone knows the Israel Regardi relaxation type things that he did. I've been doing a lot of that stuff, which is something I used to be very big into, but I I feel like I've always been getting more benefit out of it now, having not been so focused on it and like focusing on using it for magic, having gotten away from it and then started doing it again. I'm starting to realize how effective it actually is. So that's good. What about you? What are you doing? Uh, I'll be honest. I just haven't, I haven't really done much of anything lately, which you know, boo on me. I've just, you know, like, uh, I, I've, I've been isolating, which you think would be the ideal time to do it, but mostly I've been doing a lot of nothing, which like you said, shame on me. I, I did do some, some reworking in my, my records of everything I've been doing to try to make things a little more orderly and a little more fluid so that I could do a little better about recording and maybe accurately recording what's going on, which is, it's, it's not exciting, but it's a good step. You know, writing down what actually happened is important. So that's about all I've got. Well, I will let you know now that this is two episodes in a row that you've told the fair listeners that you haven't been doing much. They're going to start calling you an armchair occultist. If you don't do something big next time. Uh, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, you know what, you know, you, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I'll, uh, I'll have something insane next week. Do it for the I'll, listeners. Uh, Do it for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Break your legs in yeah. a magical attempt for the Break listeners. Legs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, this has been chaos magic news the only media outlet approved by the ghost of Bobby Lane. As always, if you don't get me that remote control car (laughs) I want, (laughs) I am going to throw a huge fit. It's going to be embarrassing for you. It's going to be embarrassing for me. But if you need more, you can find us at chaosmagicnews.com. We are also on Twitter instagram and facebook and wherever fine podcasts are sold and dealt in shady back rooms yes you can find us at chaosmagicnews.com where we'll have articles the podcast interviews with all sorts of kooky characters pretty much anything you could possibly want from us and with that extra large nemo would you like the last word i'm still sleepy That was fucking terrible. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.
Why medium-sized Nemo? Because I watched Slumberland that had Little Nemo, you know, which is like a remake of Little Nemo. Is it? So. Yeah, not, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it is. Okay. Why wouldn't I just put medium Nemo then? Well, that's fine. I mean, you know. Or like extra large Nemo. Extra large, like whatever. Any joke that isn't, it, the joke is just size and then the name Nemo. That's all there is to it. It's not that deep. I, I just don't see why you would go with the one that like would make it harder to actually understand what the joke is. I just kicked my mic stand. Did it like all fall down? No, no, <laughs> but it's gonna if you keep pissing me off. 